The Book of Enoch, found within the Dead Sea Scrolls, quoted by Jude, taught from by Peter and our Messiah. This great text was preserved for the end times generation, a guidebook for those coming out of Mystery Babylon, coming out of Egypt and her ways into the true service of our Elohim. Join us as we read through and study this amazing gift line by line. Shalom and welcome back, brothers and sisters. Welcome to the Parable of the Vineyard YouTube live stream. My name is Adam, your host, and I welcome you back. This is part three of our Enoch line-by-line series. Today we're going to go over a whopping two chapters, chapter 10 and 11. However, there's so much to dig into these two chapters, that's why we're going to have a whole study just on that. And it's we're going to be talking about the return of the Watchers, the Fallen Angels. We're going to be talking about uh, a little bit more about the judgment of Azazel and uh, his hosts. And uh, also going to be talking about judgment, how it happened back then, how it's going to happen again, and escaping judgment. So a lot to talk about tonight. Let's start with prayer. Heavenly Father, Yahuwah Most High, we come before you and bless you. And first and foremost, thank you for sending your son, Messiah Yahusha, to whom we have life and forgiveness, Father. Though we seek to follow you and keep your ways the best as we can, we know that our salvation comes by belief and faith in your son who gave his life for us, Father. We just seek to walk as he walked uh, in accordance to your righteous ways. We love you and may eyes and ears be open through the study uh, and may your spirit be our teacher and guide us as we dig into your uh, most excellent word. We love you and bless you in Yahushua's name. Amen and Shabbat Shalom. Little little uh, shofar didn't hurt. Now you're awake. All right, let's get right into it. Enoch chapter 10. And again, we'll be reading from the R.H. Charles version. If you're reading along in your Sefer, uh, sometimes the chapter breaks are a little different. So just bear with me. Nevertheless, let's get into it. Enoch chapter 10. And just before we get into it, let's recap what happened last week. Uh, We had the fall of the watchers. Um, We had the, they were lusting after women. Uh, They, they married them. Uh, They, the women bore giants through that mating. Um, These watchers taught a lot of the secrets that men were striving to learn on the earth. And by learning all these things at one time, uh, they became corrupt in everything that they did. Um, and, you know, one of the reasons that we have to ask ourselves why these watchers disclosed all these secrets, well, in my opinion, they wanted to be worshipped because with all that kind of information that they taught that men had no idea, you know, they're like, they're the ones of the power. And, you know, we see that going on today, and that's how this dynamic still works is Men are lusting after power, uh, and they need to get this uh, technology's information from somewhere, and I believe that they're getting it from these fallen angels once again. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's uh, get there when we get there. Let's start uh, chapter 10. Then said the Most High, the Holy and the Great One, spake and sent Uriel to the son of Lamech, and said to him, Go to Noah, and tell him in my name, 
hide yourself and reveal to him the end that is approaching, that the whole earth will be destroyed and a deluge is about to come upon the whole earth, a deluge flood, and will destroy all that is on it. And now instruct him that he may escape and his seed may be preserved for all the generations of the world. A lot, a lot happening back then that's going to be happening again. But before, there's a lot of before we get into it, I, I wanted to mention this actually before we started the study in general. Psalm 25, 9, as we continue to learn, as we continue to grow, we have to stay humble. We have to stay meek. The meek will he guide in judgment, in right rulings, and the meek will he teach his way. The moment we become prideful and puffed up, the moment he's going to stop teaching us, brothers and sisters, we have to remain humble. Uh, in the book of Sirach, Ecclesiasticus, it says, uh, the more wisdom you attain, the more humble you must be. Just like uh, Messiah said, those who are exalted above you uh, must be must abase themselves, must be uh, lower themselves. So let us never get puffed up in pride with however much the Most High is giving us to learn because I feel like he's really putting us on the fast track in these last days. While the internet's used for so many crazy things, even dark things, it's also being used as a blessing to get the information out there via many of his people and the workers, workers of the field, right? And through many of us collectively, he's just giving us information. We're sharing it with each other, which would not have been possible without the internet. Let's just be honest. Not in this, not in the quickness in the, that's happening now. So, but with that becomes pride. Paul talks about it, you know, with, with knowledge it puffs up sometimes. So knowledge is not bad. I mean, one passage you said, my people lack for a parish uh, or perish for lack of knowledge. Um, but we can't let that knowledge get to us. We have to remain humble and meek. So back to here. So <clears throat> the end is coming. The Most High decrees the end is coming. Uh, the flood's coming. And, you know, now instruct him that he may escape. His seed may be preserved for all the generations of the world. So in the last days, there's going to be a people that are going to escape. Messiah says it himself, Luke 21, 36, Watch you therefore and pray always that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Let's pray right now, together. Father, Yahweh, we just come before you again in prayer and we just come together as a congregation that loves your word and seeks to do your will, Father, and do what's right in your sight. Father, we want to pray that us and our family, we may be worthy and may be ready because we want to escape these things that are coming to pass. We don't want to be here during this wrath. We don't want to be here during this time of great destruction. The flood came in the first time. The second time, it's going to be fire, Father. We don't want to be in the fire. We want to be with you. Father, we pray that you'd rend our hearts, help us to rend our hearts, and show us what's evil inside of us, that we may bring forth the true fruit that you want. We love you, and we bless you in Yahushua's name. Amen. That's the whole that's the major point of this ministry is to get me and my family ready and to help anyone else that wants to listen to get us ready to, for Messiah's return and to be found worthy, accounted worthy to escape all these things that are coming to pass. Just like uh, Noah and his family was uh, escaping, so there are going to be people that are going to be escaping in these last days. Second Peter, or no, sorry, Second Peter 3, wrong one. Second Peter 3, let's just read this whole chapter. It's not long, but it's really relevant. This is now the second letter that I am writing to you, beloved. In both of them, I am stirring up your sincere mind by way of reminder that you should remember the predictions of the holy prophets, which we're reading run right now. The, the he's Enoch is the OG prophet. He's the original. 
uh, remember the predictions of the holy prophets and the commandment of Yahuwah and Savior through your apostles, knowing this first of all, that scoffers will come in the last days with scoffing, following their own sinful desires. And we know 1 John 3, 4 says, sin is transgression of the Torah. They will say, where is the promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all things are continuing as they were from the beginning of creation. For they deliberately overlooked this fact that heavens existed long ago and the earth was formed out of the water and through the water by the word of Elohim, our Messiah. And that by means of these, the world that then existed was deluged with water and perished. Just like we read here in Enoch, right? The deluge is about to come. But by the same word, the heavens and the earth that now exist are stored up for fire. So the second end is coming through fire, not through water. Being kept until the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. But do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the, with the Adonai, the master, one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years is one day. Yahuwah is not slow to fulfill his promise as some count slowness, but is patient toward you. Not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance that's his desire read ezekiel 18 to back that up but the day of yahoo will come like a thief and then the heavens will pass away with a roar paul says it won't come upon us as a thief those of us that are children of the day and walk in the light the torah and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved and the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed since all these are thus to be dissolved what sort of people ought you to be in your lives of holiness and godliness waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of elohim because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved and the heavenly bodies will melt as they burn but according to his promise we are waiting for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells now this is where he ends this is kind of off topic here but it's kind of on topic therefore beloved since you are waiting for these be diligent to be found by him without spot or blemish we know that sin spots the garment jude says the same thing and at peace shalom we are supposed to have shalom with one another and also we're talking about being puffed up when you get puffed up you have no shalom in you. That's why you're always making sure that everyone around you believes the same calendar or has to do it exactly your way. Surely you can share the truth of how you understand it. But when you have no shalom about it, that's a dangerous place. And count the patience of our master as salvation, just as our beloved. Now here's where it gets really interesting. Just as our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you according to the wisdom given to him, so Peter confirms Paul, as he does in all his letters when he speaks in them of these matters, there are some things in them that are hard to understand, which the ignorant and unstable twist to their own destruction as they do the other scriptures. So this is the only warning in scriptures we get about other scriptures. Peter's warning you ahead of time that, hey, some things that Paul write are going to be kind of, kind of hard for you to understand. And if you misuse them, you're going to use them to your own destruction. Literally, you know, people use his words for lawlessness. <clears throat> and that's why I agree that sometimes are hard to understand. I think Paul should be read last. Paul is typically read first these days. I think Paul should be read last, right? Because you can't use the Torah, the prophets, the writings, uh, the gospels, and even the other apostles. You can't use any of their letters to promote a lawless gospel. You can only use some of the words that are misused from Paul to promote a lawless gospel. When I say lawless gospel, I mean faith without works. Like faith and uh-uh, you better not touch the Torah because that's going back to bondage and that's, that's, we're not under the law. You can't use anyone else's letters for that. So Peter's telling you, hey, be careful. Some of the things are hard to understand. 
You therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, take care that you are not carried away with the error of lawless people and lose your own stability. But grow. It's a process. We don't get it all in one minute. You don't just wake up and say, hey, you know, I believe in Messiah, and then you're just doing everything perfectly. You grow, right? We've talked about this in times past. If you look at like a tomato plant, right? If you look at a tomato plant, um, let's see. Oops. Almost made that potato, potato mistake here. So if you look at like a tomato plant, right? We all want to be, we all want to be here, right? But if you're this, if you're this guy or this guy right now, you may not be able to hold the fruit because there's, the branches are not strong enough to hold all the fruit, right? So it's a, it's a growing process. So don't be discouraged one day at a time, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our master and savior, Yahushua HaMashiach. To him be the glory both now and the day of eternity. Amen. Good passage, right? Great passage by Peter. So, Revelation twenty two twelve, and behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me to give everyone according as his work shall be. He's going to reward us based off what we do with the knowledge and the understanding given to us. Matthew five sixteen, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So Messiah commanded us that our good works are supposed to be seen. Now, not all of them. Remember, in Matthew 5, he also says, let your let your prayers be in secret. Let your alms be done in secret, right? And there, we talked about this in our Matthew study, which prayers should be open and which prayers should be secret because Messiah prayed openly and the apostles prayed openly, but it was certain types of prayer. So we won't get into that tonight because that'll be a long rabbit trail. Nevertheless, the point is, the good works of our obedience to his commandments should be open and visible to others. All right. I said all that to say this. Right? It says here, go to Noah and tell him my name, hide yourself. There's going to be a time where Yah's people will be hidden. Isaiah 26, 1 through 3, and then 12 through 21. In that day shall this song be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city. We're going to talk a lot about this strong city shortly. Just remember this. Salvation will Elohim appoint for walls and bulwarks. Open ye the gates to this strong city, that the righteous nation which keeps the truth may enter in. So only people that are keeping the truth will be able to enter into this kingdom. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. We show our trust by our works. We show our faith by our works. James 2, very key, very key chapter. Now, skipping down a little bit for time's sake, Isaiah 26, 12 through 21, Yahuwah, you will ordain peace, shalom for us. There's something to be said about shalom, peace. You will ordain peace for us, for you also have wrought all our works in us. Right? This is what the passage says, ah, works are just filthy rags. Well, he brings the works in us. Our own works are filthy rags. His works in us. That's what brings forth righteousness. O Yahuwah Elohim, other masters besides you have had dominion over us, but by you only will we make mention of your name. They are dead. They shall not live. They are deceased. They shall not rise. Therefore have you visited and destroyed them and made all their memory to perish. You have increased the nation, O Yahuwah. You have increased the nation. You are glorified. You hadst removed it far unto the ends of the earth. Yahuwah, in trouble have they visited you. They poured out a prayer when thy chastening was upon them. Like as a woman with child that draws near the time of her delivery is in pain. And if you've seen this before, whoo, that's painful. 
and cries out in her pangs, so have we been in your sight, O Yahuwah. We have been with child. We have been in pain. We have, as it were, brought forth wind. We have not wrought any deliverance in the earth, neither have the inhabitants of the world fallen. Right? These wicked people are still in power. And we're holding on, Father. Your dead men shall live together with my dead body shall they arise. Awake and seeing you that dwell in the dust, for thy dew is as the dew of herbs, and the earth shall cast out the dead. This is the first resurrection. Come, my people, enter you into your chambers and shut their doors about you and hide yourself, as it were, a little moment, right? Go to Noah and tell him in my name, hide yourself and reveal the end of this approaching. This is a parable. This is a repeat of what's going to happen in these last days. Until the indignation be overpassed. For behold, Yahweh comes out of his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity, and the earth shall also disclose her blood and shall no more cover her slain. It's going to happen again, brothers and sisters. Are we going to be ready when that time comes? Right? In Isaiah 26, it said that he'd open the gates for those that keeps the truth. Are you keeping the truth? Do you even know what the truth is? Psalm 119, 142, thy righteousness is an everlasting righteousness, and thy law, thy Torah, is the truth. Deuteronomy 6, 25, and it shall be our righteousness if we observe to do all these commandments before Yahuwah Elohim as he commanded us. 8 people made it in the last end, the first end. Very few will make it. Messiah says, few will find it. The road is narrow. Few will find it. Many are called, but few are chosen. Do you want to be one of the many or one of the few? Do you want to be like Noah? Genesis 7, 1. And Yahweh said unto Noah, Come you and all your house into the ark, for you I have seen righteous before me in this generation. What about you? What about me? How will we be found in this generation? Will we be found as righteous or unrighteous? Psalm 27, 1 through. So now what's interesting actually about this, <clears throat> if you look at this ark, Right? This is really interesting about this word ark. Teba. <clears throat> Perhaps a foreign deriv derivation, a box, an ark, properly a chest or a box. It's interesting about that is, you know, when New Jerusalem comes down, a lot of people believe it's going to be a big box. <laughs> some people believe, you know, some people say it's a pyramid, some a dome. It says it's four square. You know, I think it's going to be a box still, personally. But what's interesting about that is, you know, we've been told that Messiah is the Ark. Uh, Messiah resides in the Ark. But the Ark, I believe, is New Jerusalem, that strong city I was telling you about. Psalm 27, 1 through 6, let me explain. Yahuwah is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Yahuwah is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even my enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. We have no need to worry about what this world is doing. People get so caught up about what the elites are doing. This is, listen, okay, I get it. It's, it's okay to stay aware. But when people are like fearing, um, you know, the um, the thing and, you know, all these other things that are going on, like, does Yah, is Yah going to have us or not? Though an host should encamp against me, or throw me into a FEMA camp, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. 
One thing have I desired of Yahuwah, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of Yahuwah all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of Yahuwah, and to inquire in his temple. Praise Yah. 4. In the time of trouble, the tribulation, he shall hide me in his pavilion. This Hebrew word is sukkah. This is his tabernacle. This is his big box, his ark. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. And now shall my head be lifted up upon my enemies round about. Therefore I will offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy, sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto Yahuwah. Here's that ark again. Zechariah 2, 1 through 5, I lifted up my eyes again and looked to behold a man with a measuring line in his hand. Then said I, where do you go? And he said to me, to measure Jerusalem, to see what is the breadth thereof and what is the length thereof. And behold, the angel that talked with me went forth and another angel went out to meet him and said unto him, run, speak to this young man saying, Jerusalem shall be inhabited as towns without walls for the multitude of men and cattle therein. For I, says Yahuwah, will be unto her a wall of fire roundabout and will be the glory in the midst of her he will protect those that are found within this ark just like he did noah you know it's interesting the ark is covered with pitch kafar which is kin to the to the hebrew word uh kippur the ark was covered with atonement the ark was covered with our atoning sacrifice messiah yahusha Psalm 31, 19-21. Oh, how great is your goodness, which you have laid up for them that fear you. How do we show our fear? Just saying, I believe in you, but actually walking it out. Which you have wrought for them that trust in you before the sons of men. You shall hide them in the secret presence from the pride of man. Just like you said, go to Noah. Hide yourself. Where, where is he going to hide us? You, you shall keep them secretly in a pavilion, a sukkah. That's, his, that's New Jerusalem from the strife of tongues. Blessed be Yahuwah, for he has showed me his marvelous kindness in a strong city. This pavilion is that strong city, is that place of escape for us in the last days. Isaiah 4, 2 through 6, In that day shall the branch of Yahuwah, this is Messiah, be beautiful and glorious, and the fruit of the earth shall be excellent and comely for them that are escaped of Israel. Pray you always that you may be worthy, accounted worthy to escape all these things that are coming to pass. And this is a parable in itself because Messiah Yahusha, right, the branch, it says that he is the vine and that we are the branches. Without him, we cannot bear fruit. And if we don't bear fruit, then we're cast off as a, uh, as a twig, right, and burn in the fire. We talked about a lot about fruit the last two weeks. The fruit, brothers and sisters, has been and always is the bringing, the keeping of the Torah. It's the Psalm 1. We can't read this enough. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law, the Torah of Yahuwah, and in his Torah does he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he does shall prosper. You want to be a tree, or a fruit-bearing tree? You need to delight in the Torah of Yahuwah. And meditate day and night. If you're new and you're like, I have no idea what to do, check out our basics playlist. There's many other uh, people out there that can help instruct you step by step. Pray to your Heavenly Father. Ask Him to show you. Because it's the Holy Spirit. While He's placed teachers in the community, the Holy Spirit is your teacher. And will guide you. If you have a meek and humble 
spirit about you. If you're prideful, if you're arrogant, he won't show you. Humble yourself. Rend your heart. Admit that we've all fallen short. Admit that our, he sent his Messiah, Yahusha, to be our salvation. That when we believe on him, we will be saved. That we're baptized. We're cleansed. We're given the Holy Spirit. And we're given this Holy Spirit to help guide us in the way, to convict us of sin, to remove impurities from our life, that we may walk in a newness of life and that we may obey him and walk according to the commandments, just like our Messiah did. Read 1 John 2, 1 through 7. It kind of explains everything. The fruit of the earth shall be excellent and comely for them that are escaped of Israel. And it shall come to pass that he that is left in Zion and he that remains in Jerusalem, might as well call it New Jerusalem, shall be called holy, even everyone that is written among the living in Jerusalem. In his ark, when Yahweh shall have washed away the filth of the daughters of Zion, there's your baptism, he shall have purged the blood of Jerusalem from the midst thereof by a spirit of judgment and by the spirit of burning. And Yahweh will create upon every dwelling place of Mount Zion and upon her assemblies a cloud and a smoke by day and the shining of a flame of fire by night for upon all the glory shall be a defense. This is that protection just like he gave Noah. And there shall be a tabernacle for a shadow in the daytime from the heat and for a place of refuge and for a covert from the storm and from the rain. So while chaos is ensuing all around, we will be protected within the walls of New Jerusalem, our ark. And if you want to get into that ark, you got to ask yourselves, how do I get in? Yahuwah, who shall abide in your tabernacle? In your sukkah, who shall dwell in your holy hill? He that walks uprightly, uprightly according to the commandments and works righteousness. Deuteronomy 6.25, Psalm 119.142 and speaks the truth, the Torah in his heart. He that backbites not with his tongue nor does evil to his neighbor nor takes up a reproach against his neighbor in whose aisles a vile person is contemned but he honors them that fear Yahuwah. He that swears to his own hurt and changes not. You say something, you do it. He that puts not out his money to usury, nor takes reward against the innocent. He that does these things shall never be moved. You want in? You want to be worthy? It's time to wake up and return to the true service of the Most High Elohim. And his true service is walking according to the commandments as he decreed. Not man, not uh, the theological seminaries, um, not the Catholic Church, um, not Martin Luther, but how he decreed it. So, will you be able to escape? Will we be able to escape? Verse 4. We'll read 4 through 6. This is back to Enoch 10. And again, Yahuwah said to Raphael, Bind Azazel hand and foot and cast him into the darkness and make an opening in the desert, which is in Dudael, and cast him therein, and place upon him rough and jagged rocks and cover him with darkness and let him abide there forever ever and cover his face that he may not see light. And on the day of the great judgment, he shall be cast into the fire and heal the earth, which the angels have corrupted and proclaim the healing of the earth, that they may heal the plague and that all the children of men may not perish through all the secret things that the watchers have disclosed and have taught their sons. So we see a judgment here for Azazel by himself. And then we're going to read this in a second. Later on, um, it has a judge, a separate judgment for the watchers. Right? And I'm going to explain why. I think yet last week I put a, at least 
I put my be- uh, a case forward that I believe that Azazel is one of the many names of Satan. Um, we've talked about it before. Azazel, um, uh, Samael, uh, Mastema, uh, the devil, of course, the serpent, um, many other names. But I believe this Azazel, because it's la- it, it, it said that, um, actually here in verse 8, I'm sorry, in verse 8 it says here, to Azazel, to him ascribe all sin. Well, isn't that Satan? Just saying. So here we see that he's sentenced to be cast into the desert, but I'm here to say I believe it's a delayed sentence. And I believe we see that sentence carried out in Revelation 20, 1 through 3. I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on that dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years and cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that, he must be loosed a little season. So uh, that's, I believe this is the actual carrying out of casting him into the desert, into a pit, right? And then a little bit later, verse 7 through 10, And when a thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison and shall go out to deceive the nations which are on the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them to the battle, the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. And this, so this is after the thousand-year millennial reign, the kingdom. And they went up upon the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about in the beloved city, the ark, if you will, and fire came down from Elohim out of heaven and devoured them. And the devil that deceived them was cast into lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. So that's just kind of where I'm at as far as this sentence because we see that he's, <clears throat> Azazel is sentenced to be cast in, uh, but we still see the devil kind of running around and doing his thing. It's because I believe that was a delayed sentence. That's just kind of where I'm at. Uh, I'm not dogmatic about it, but um, just kind of how I understand it at this time. I'm, I'm willing to, to see differently with different information. And we see here in some books, um, this is the first book of Adam and Eve, chapter 55. We'll read some information here. Then came the word of Elohim, this is Messiah, to Adam and Eve and raised them from their dead state and saying to them, Why came you up here? Did you intend to go to the garden from which I brought you out? It cannot be today, but only when the covenant I have made with you is fulfilled. Then Adam, when he heard the word of Elohim and the fluttering of the angels whom he did not see, but only heard the sound of them with his ears, he and Eve wept and said to the angels, O spirits who wait upon Elohim, look upon me and upon my being unable to see you. For when I was in my former bright nature, then I could see you. I sang praises as you do, and my heart was far above you. So just keep this in mind that the angels sing, right? That's one of their things. Uh, We're going to talk about that a little bit later. But now that I have transgressed, that bright nature is gone from me, and I am come to this miserable state, and now I am come to this, that I cannot see you, and you do not serve me as you were, as you were wont, for I am become animal flesh. Yet now, O angels of Elohim, ask Elohim with me to restore me to that wherein I was formerly, to rescue me from this misery, and to remove from me the sentence of death he passed upon me for having trespassed against him. Then... When the angels heard these words, they all grieved over him and cursed Satan who had beguiled Adam until he came from the garden to misery, from life to death, from peace to trouble, and from gladness to a strange land. Then the angels said to Adam, you did hearken to Satan and did forsake the word of Elohim who created you, right? I love this book. It makes it clear that Messiah created. And though you did believe that Satan would fulfill all he promised you, but now, O Adam, we will make known to you what came upon us through him before his fall from heaven. 
He gathered together his hosts and deceived them, promising them to give them a great kingdom, a divine nature, and other promises he made them. His hosts that believed that his word was true, so they yielded to him and renounced the glory of Elohim. He then sent for us according to the orders in which we were to come under his command and to hearken to his vain promise, but we would not, and we took not his advice. Then after he had fought with Elohim and had dealt forwardly with him, he gathered together his host and made war with us. And if it had not been for Elohim's strength that was with us, we could not have prevailed against him to hurl him from heaven. <clears throat> but when he fell from among us, there was a great joy in heaven because of his going down from us. For had he continued in heaven, nothing, not even one angel, would have remained in it. But Elohim in his mercy drove him from among us to this dark earth, for he had become darkness itself and a worker of unrighteousness. And he has continued, O Adam, to make war against you until he beguiled you and made you come out of the garden to the strange land where all these trials have come upon you. And death, which Elohim brought upon him, he has also brought upon you, O Adam, because you did obey him and did transgress against Elohim. Then the angels rejoiced and praised Elohim and asked him not to destroy Adam this time. For his having sought to enter the garden, but to bear with him until the fulfillment of the promise and to help him in this world until he was free from Satan's hand. Now let's keep going. <clears throat> For, uh, chapter 56 of First Adam and Eve. Then came the word of, El of Elohim to Adam and said to him, O Adam, look at the garden of joy and at this earth of toil, and behold the angels who were in the garden that is full of them, and see thyself alone in this earth with Satan whom you did obey. Yet, if you had submitted and had been obedient to me and had kept my word, you would be with my angels in my garden. But when you did transgress and hearken to Satan, you did become his guest among his angels that are full of wickedness. And you came to this earth that brings forth to thee thorns and thistles. O Adam, Ask him who did deceive thee to give thee a divine nature he promised you, or to make you a garden as I had made you, or to fill you with that same bright nature which I had filled you, or ask him to make you a body like the one I made you, or to give you a day of rest as I gave you, or to create within you a reasonable soul as I did create for you, or to remove you hence to some other earth than this one which I gave you. But, O Adam, he will not even fulfill one of the things which he told you. Acknowledge that my favor, favor towards you and my mercy on you, my creature, that I have not requited thee for thy transgressions against me, but in my pity, for I have promised you that at the end of the great five days and a half I will come and save you. Then Elohim said again to Adam and Eve, Arise, go down hence, lest the cherub with a sword of fire in his hand destroy you. But Adam's heart was comforted by Elohim's words to him, and he worshipped before him. And Elohim commanded his angels to escort Adam and Eve to the cave with joy instead of the fear that had come upon them. <clears throat> then the angels took up Adam and Eve and brought them down from the mountain by the garden with songs and psalms until they brought them to the cave. There the angels began to comfort and to strengthen them, and then departed from them toward heaven to their creator who had sent them. But after the angels were gone from Adam and Eve came Satan, with shamefacedness. So I read all that to read this, sorry. I just want to give you some backstory. So then came Satan with shamefacedness <clears throat> and stood at the entrance of the cave in which were Adam and Eve. And then he called to them and said, O Adam, come, let me speak to you. Then Adam came out of the cave thinking he was one of Elohim's angels that was come to give him some good counsel. But when Adam came out and saw his hideous figure, he was afraid of him and said unto him, Who are you? Then Satan answered and said unto him, It is I who hid myself within the serpent, and who talked to Eve, and beguiled her until she hearkened to my command. 
I am he who sent her through the wiles of my speech to deceive you until you and she ate of the fruit of the tree and you came away from under the command of Elohim. But when Adam heard these words from him, he said unto him, Can you make me a garden as Elohim made for me? Or can you clothe me in the same bright nature in which Elohim has clothed me? Where is the divine nature you did promise to give me? Where is that fair speech of yours you did hold with us at first when we were within you in the garden? Then Satan said to Adam, Do you think that when I have spoken to one about anything that I shall ever bring it to him or fulfill my word? Not so, for I myself have never even thought of obtaining what I asked. Therefore did I fall, and did I make you fall by that for which I fell myself? And with you also, whosoever accepts my counsel falls thereby. So whoever um, hearkens to disobedience, if you will, will fall just like him. But now, Adam, by reason of your fall, you are under my rule, and I am king over you, because you have hearkened to me and have transgressed against your Elohim. Paul says this, don't you know that who you obey is your master? Either sin to death or righteousness unto life. Neither will there be any deliverance from my hands until the day promised by Elohim. Again, he said, inasmuch as we do not know the day agreed upon with you by Elohim, nor the hour in which you shall be delivered. No man knows the day of the hour, right? For that reason, we will multiply war and murder upon you and your seed after you. This is our will and our good pleasure that we may not leave one of the sons of men to inherit our orders in heaven. So, so Satan knows this. For as to our abode, O Adam, it is in burning fire. And as we will not seize our evil doing, no, not one day nor one hour. And I, O Adam, shall sow fire upon you when you come to the cave to dwell there. So anyways, um, it's it just interesting that you know he knew his sentence Right, but it had not been carried out yet. So just kind of interesting uh, thought process there. Um, now also I want to show you, uh, actually, let's see. Interesting passage in Second Baruch 56. I was actually reading that last night and it popped out at me. It wasn't going to be part of my study, but now it is. Here we go. This is the beginning of the black waters. Uh, um, sorry, Baruch 56, verse 8. This is the beginning of the black waters which we have seen. And from these black waters again were black derived, and darkness of darkness was produced. For he, this is talking about Adam, became a danger to his own soul, even to the angels. For moreover, at that time when he was created, they enjoyed liberty. And became he a danger, some of them descended, and mingled with the women. And then those who did so were tormented in chains. We're going to read about the, the punishment of the watchers here in a minute. But the rest of the multitude of the angels, which there is no number, restrained themselves. And those who dwelt on the earth perished together with them through the waters of the deluge. These are the first black waters. Uh, also, I'm going to read a book called The Apocalypse of Abraham. And we're going to, let me, we're going to read chapters 13 through 15. And this is super small, so let's zoom in. We're going to read on the right-hand side. We're going to read chapters 13 through 15. They're kind of short. Right over here on this side. And it came to pass, when I saw the birds speak, I was, I said to the angel, What is this, my, my master? And he said, This is ungodliness. This is Azazel. So this is Satan, right? And he said to it, Disgrace upon you, Azazel, for Abraham's lot is in heaven, but yours is upon the earth. 
because you have chosen in love for this dwelling place of your uncleanness. Therefore, the eternal mighty master made you to be a dweller upon the earth. And through you, every evil spirit of lies and through you, wrath and trials of the generation of ungodly men, right? He is the father of lies. It says through you, every spirit of lies. So he's the father of lies, this Azazel. Through you, the wrath and trials of the generations of ungodly men. For Elohim, the eternal mighty one, has not permitted that the bodies of the righteous should be in your hand. Remember, the devil contended with the body of Moshe. In order that thereby the life of the righteous and the destruction of the unclean may be assured. Hear this, my friend, and be gone with shame from me. For it has not been given to you to play the tempter in regard to all the righteous. See, Azazel is the tempter. Depart from this man. You cannot lead him astray. He is an enemy to you and those who follow you and love what you desire. For behold, the vesture which is in heaven was formerly yours has been set aside for him and the mortality which was his has been transferred to you. Verse, uh, chapter 14. And the angel said to me, Know that from henceforth the Eternal One has chosen you. Be of good courage and use this authority so far as I bid you against him who slanders the truth. Should I not be able to put to shame who has scattered over the earth the secrets of heaven and has rebelled against the mighty one? This is Azazel. Say to him, become the burning coal of fire of the furnace of the earth. Go, Azazel, into the inaccessible parts of the earth, right? The deserts, the wilderness. For your heritage is to be over those who are with you, the ones who brought forth with the stars and clouds and with the men whose portion you are, even those who exist on account of your being. Justification shall be your enemy. Now depart from me. By your perdition. And I, chapter 15, I uttered the words that the angel taught me, and then the angel said to me, Answer him not, for Elohim has given him power over those who answer him. This is Azazel, the devil. And the angel spoke to me again, saying, However much he speaks to you, answer him not, in order that he may have no free access to you, because the Eternal One has given him weight and will in this respect. And I didn't, we saw this. Uh, in part one, when we read Jubilees 10, where Mastema, it was given him, Satan was given him uh, the right to lead astray those uh, who would hearken to him. And I did that which was commanded me by the angel, and no matter how much he spoke to me, I answered him nothing whatsoever. And that is Satan, Azazel. Okay, moving along, so back to verse 8 of chapter 10 of Enoch, and the whole earth has been corrupted through the works that were taught by Azazel. To him ascribe all sin. If this isn't the devil, then I don't know who we're talking about. So to him ascribes all sin. And this is where we get the origin of the Day of Atonement. Leviticus 16, 7 through 10, and 21 through 22. This is all about the Day of Atonement. And he shall take the two goats and present them before Yahweh at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And Aharon shall cast lots upon the two goats, one lot for Yahweh and the other lot for the scapegoat. Who's the scapegoat? For the scapegoat. Azazel. Azazel is the scapegoat. And the other lot for Azazel. And Aharon shall bring the, the goat which is Yahuwah's lot fell and offer him for a sin offering. But the goat on which the lot fell to be Azazel shall be presented alive before Yahuwah to make an atonement with him and let him go for a Azazel into the desert, the wilderness. This is the same thing we see here, right? 
bind him hand and foot, cast him into darkness, and make an opening in the desert. This is the wilderness. Let him go into the wilderness. This is, and if you look at the Hebrew for this, let him go into the wilderness, Midbar. Right, this is the desert, uninhabited land, wilderness. <clears throat> A desert. Uh, jumping down to verse 21. And Aharon shall lay both his hands upon the head of the live goat and confess over him all the iniquities of the children of Israel and all their transgressions and all their sins and putting them upon the head of the goat. And he shall send him by the way of the uh, hand of a fit man into the wilderness, into the desert. And the goat shall bear upon him all their iniquities unto a land not inhabited. And he shall let go the goat in the wilderness. So all the iniquities will be laid on this Azazel and sent into the desert. To Azazel, to him, ascribe all sin. Enoch 54, 3-4. Final judgment of Azazel. When I have desired to take hold of them by the hand of the angels on the day of tribulation and pain, because of this, I will cause my chastisement and my wrath to abide upon them, says Elohim, the master of spirit, the Yahweh of spirits, Yahweh Sebaot. Ye mighty kings who dwell on the earth, ye shall have to behold mine elect one, how he sits on the throne of glory and judges the devil, Azazel, and all his associates and all his hosts in the name of Yahweh Sebaot. Okay. <clears throat> So I think we covered that pretty well. Um, and now let's go to, let's keep reading. So verse nine, and Gabriel said to Yahuwah, proceed against the bastards and the reprobates and against the children of fornication and destroy all the children of fornication and the children of the watchers from amongst men. These are the, the, the giants and cause them to go forth and send them one against the other that they may destroy each other in battle for length of days shall they not have. Now think about that. I think this is where a lot of these stories come from like Lord of the Rings and you see these massive battles, right? Think of all these giants, right? That they may destroy each other. So they <clears throat> send a spirit of, of war against each other and these massive giants were just destroy each other and have these huge battles. Think about that for a moment. And no request they, their fathers, make of their shall be granted unto their fathers on their behalf, for they hope to live eternal life, and that they, each one of them will live 500 years. And Yahuwah said unto Michael, Go, bind Semyaza. Remember, Semyaza, the name of Aza. So this is, an, uh, this is a different entity that named himself after Azazel. Kind of being in subjection to him. Yahweh said unto Michael, Go bind Semyaza and his associates who have united themselves with women. So this is a different sentence. To have defiled themselves with them in all their uncleanness. And when their sons have slain one another and they have seen the destruction of their beloved ones, when these giants kill each other, bind them fast for 70 generations in the valleys of the earth till the day of their judgment and their consummation, till the day of judgment that is forever and ever is consummated. So what's interesting here is... They have a specific sentence for 70 generations. We know through the scriptures that a generation is 40 years. The Torah teaches us that a generation is 40 years. This is different than Psalm 90 that teaches a man's years will be 70, or if he's strong, or yeah, if he's strong, it will be 80, um, 80, 90, 70, 80, yeah. Um, 
But in any case, the generation is 40 years. So if you take 70 generations times 40 years, you get 2,800 years. Approximately, this happened right before the flood. So the flood was approximately 967 BC. If you take 967 BC and add 2,800 years to it, you get roughly 1833. Why is that interesting? If you look at how, oops, sorry, Josh. If you look at, uh, got to get them, if you're staring at screens for hours, brothers and sisters, you got to get some blue light blocking glasses. What's interesting is if you look at technology from the 1800s until now, I mean, life was pretty much horse and buggy from time as we know it up until the 1800s. Then the 1800s hit and then everything exploded. What do I think happened? I think the 70 generations were expired. These watchers came back and guess what? They did the exact same thing. Yahweh allowed it to do what? Because their teachings of technology back then brought forth the first end. Their technology, again, he allows to bring forth the second end. Without this technology, we wouldn't have the internet. Yahuwah wouldn't. Uh, this is the method he used to bring people back in mass to his truth. I love that people are learning outside the internet, but I have to be honest, 90, if I had to take a guess, 90 to 95% of the people that are walking in the truth, the Most High used the internet in some way, shape, or form to get them to that place. Point being is that in the 1800s, look it up, do some research for yourself, and look, I mean, most of you went through these, uh, went through school, right? And you learned about the industrial revolution, the technological revolution. It all was just started in the 1800s. Choo-choo trains, Gosh, that's my dad voice. Trains, sorry. <laughs> trains. Uh, automobile, planes, trains, and automobiles, right? We've all seen that movie. No. Um, but seriously, everything changed. The horse was the fastest mode of travel, and then the 1800s hits, boom. It's a race. It's a race to the end. And once again, I believe these fallen watchers are being worshipped by men. Why? Because by this technology, they're giving them the power. Giving them the power, like through uh, these, like how they they built these factories and the the steel corporations, right? Like all these people that that run the world, right? Through oil, the technology that needs that oil, they own it all. It gives them power. The watchers are worshipped by these men with power. These men with power give them that worship because they get the power on the earth. It's the same thing I believe that happened thousands of years ago. Same thing all over again. You know, there's been just a handful of times, maybe two or three times, that I could even remotely feel like it was a vision from Yah. And I'll never forget it. This was maybe three or four years ago. I was sitting in a restaurant, and a song from Coldplay came over the speakers. And I saw Chris Martin, the lead singer, and I saw that he was either a fallen angel himself seeking this worship or that this, one of the spirits of these fallen watchers entered into this man and was absorbing the worship. Because think about it, with these concerts, right? These concerts, what are people doing? What are people doing here? What are they doing? They're lifting up their hands, right? We learn from the scriptures that we lift up our hands to heaven and worship and praise Yah. 
So what are these people doing? They're idolizing these people. They're worshiping him. These are modern-day Elohim. These, I'm not calling him Elohim, but people are, are worshiping them like Elohim, right? And it was just, it was clear as day that either the spirit of a fallen watcher entered into this man or he literally is one embodied himself and absorbing the worship of these people. It reminds me of an old movie. It's not that old, actually. <clears throat> I used to be really big into movies. I, I, I can't watch a single one anymore, but... I used to watch, I used to, I used to like vampire movies. I did. I repent. I repent of watching any of that garbage. I used to watch the movie, The Queen of the Damned, quite a bit. I watched the whole, you know, I was interested in the whole series, the Anne Rice books. Um, but in The Queen of the Damned, Lestat, one of these vampires, right, that, you know, was, that transcended time, went asleep for thousands of years. Hundreds of years, thousands of years, I don't remember. But went asleep for a long time that was woken up. And he woke up once again in, the, in this modern day age to become a god again. And how did he do it? Their music. How is Satan leading astray people? Well, look at the music, how it's changed generations. Look at how it's, look at music from just the 30s till now. The music has been the Pied Piper that has led people astray. Now, couple that, with, of course, with motion pictures. And those are your idols. Those are your modern-day gods. Musicians and TV and movie stars. And these people, almost single-handedly, are leading people astray, away from Elohim, into pure lawlessness. And they just straight-up love it. Right? Like, like Yahweh says, and my people love to have it so. But I don't know. I don't know who this man is. But it, like I said, it's one of the two or three times only in my life that I felt like I saw something. Like it was like a like a projector screen in my mind. And that he, this man right here, was either a fallen angel himself or a spirit of a fallen angel was in him absorbing this worship. And what we talked about earlier, these angels knew how to sing. These angels are probably way better musicians than any of us could ever aspire to be. At least in this these meat suits that we find ourselves in right now. Story goes that uh, that Satan literally had instruments coming out of his body. He's a musical instrument. Yah loves music when it's given in praise to him and done for the right reasons. But when it's to promote lawlessness like these people do, it's teaching people rebellion. So in my opinion, the Fallen Watchers are back. They're, they've taught technology since the 1800s to bring about the end times. Specifically so through music, through media, if you will, now, through people like him and many others. I mean, it's just like, uh, right? These agendas here with this global thing here, agenda 20, to bring about agenda 21 and all these kind of things. I mean, look at this. Look at the symbolism here. Anyways, this is not really my thing. Uh, there's other people that do this kind of stuff. That's not my deal. But anyways, point being is that I believe those 70 generations ended in the 1800s to bring about these end times. And they're so they're soaking up the worship now because they know where their abode is. They know where they're going. And they want to bring as many people down with them, right? What's that? Misery loves company. What's that saying? Hurt people like to hurt people. 
Maybe in this case, hurt angels want to hurt people. I don't know. I don't know. Enoch 55, 8 through 10. And in those days, the angels shall return and hurl themselves upon the east of the Parthians and the Medes, and they shall stir up the kings so that a spirit of unrest shall come upon them, and they shall rouse them from their thrones that they may break forth as lions from their lairs. He's bringing the, they're bringing the world to a point here now, right, to bring them uh, uh, and as a hungry wolves among their flocks, and they shall go up and tread underfoot the land of his elect ones, and the land of his elect ones shall be before them a threshing floor and a highway. So they have control of the promised land at this time. They own it. They straight up own it. Through the United Nations, they own it. The, the political state of Israel is owned. It came through the United Nations, through this conglomerate. But when New Jerusalem comes, my city of my righteous shall be a hindrance to their horses. And they shall begin to fight amongst themselves, and their right hand shall be strong against themselves. And a man shall not know his brother, nor his, son, his father, or his mother. There shall be no number of corpses through their slaughter, and pu their punishment shall not be in vain. In those days, Sheol shall open its jaws, and they shall be swallowed up therein. Right? Just right alongside the Azazel. And their destruction shall be at an end, and Sheol shall devour the sinners in the presence of the elect. So that all happens because the angel shall return. Yahweh allows it to bring about these end times. There's a lot of pop culture that promotes this um, return of the Watchers kind of thing. I used to play a video game called League of Legends. Um, I used to play a game called League of Legends. And in this game, there's a place called the Howling Abyss. And these Watchers were basically frozen in time and they come back, right? And they have great power and they teach people. Let's see. Can I zoom in here? Uh, let's see. Sixth through eighth paragraph. One, two, three, four, five, six. Here we go. All of this, Lysandra reminded her of her sisters, was because the bargain she had made with the masters of the realm below the beings she knew as the watchers it was as they were who had revealed to her the primal secrets of the world this is confirming what enoch says but they want to spin it in their own way it was they who would have the final victory and this is how men are deceived because they believe the lies that the devil is going to win that these watchers are going to win and it was then the height of this bitter confrontation that the watchers finally came to rune terra the ground split open, swallowing thousands of warriors into the abyss beneath it before the first of the dread things heaved itself upon into ex I'm sorry, up into existence. It was new to the material realm, bewildered by such notions as form and constancy, and began immediately to rail against them. In a foul riot of unchecked metamorphosis, it sprouted horns and patched of patches of fur, and its colossal, colossal tentacular limbs grew into jointed humanoid arms with fingers that clawed the bare rock of the mountainsides. Worst of all, other watchers were following closely in its wake, racked by horrifying transformations of their own. So anyway, this is literally one of the most popular video games on Earth right now. Uh, they literally have like their own Super Bowl. It's crazy. Um, don't recommend it. Don't play it. It's literally the most satanic game I've ever played in my entire life. I This is the last video game I played when I was waking up and... Uh, Yah showed me this. I mean, it was straight up satanic. Straight up satanic. So, but anyways, all I'm saying is that they're using the truth to spin it in their own way and to make it kind of fun. Like, 
in the game, <clears throat> it literally, like, especially when you play in the Howling Abyss, it's like, the Watchers will return. And it's just, every time you play, you, you hear that. And so these people, these they're getting brainwashed. And when the Watchers return, it's a good thing, right? Because my video game tells me that. That's what they're doing. That's what media does. Um, another thing called The Eternals. Um, it's a new movie. I don't want to suggest watching it, but just to show you, um, the following event, following the events of Avengers Endgame, an unexpected tragedy forces the Eternals, ancient aliens who have been living on Earth in secret for thousands of years, out of the shadows to reunite against mankind's most ancient enemy, the Deviants. Which, of course, they spin, they spin this to where the Watchers are the good guys, uh, and f basically want to fight off the return of Messiah Yahusha. And they speak truth because they're like, he's coming to destroy the earth. Yeah, he is, because it's a righteous judgment. But the Watchers, like the superheroes and whatnot, want to unite against the evil tyranny. They want to unite against Yah, and they want the earth to unite against Yah. That's how they gather all the people of the earth to battle against Messiah. And they're going to do it through this, the lies of these Watchers that are, that are back. They're slowly revealing themselves. So these Marvel superheroes are prototypes of these Watchers. And of course, people love it. They love them. They love it. They want it. And they're going to probably have a bill of goods for them. Maybe even promise them eternal life through biotechnology and transhumanism, whatever. Again, not my specialty. but So we do need to be careful of our love for technology because where that direction is going may not be great. So maybe at one point, at some point, we have to unplug. I don't know. For now, the internet is a blessing for those that want to search out the truth of Yah. All right, where are we at in time? We're good. Okay. Let's go. So now let's keep reading. Um, and, you know, speaking of technology, use it while you've got it to share the good news. We may not be able to at all times. Yah used the internet to, to bring me to him. That's how I learned the truth. All right, verse 13 of Enoch 10. In those days shall they be led off to the abyss of fire and to the torment and the prison in which they shall be confined forever. And whosoever shall be condemned and destroyed will from thenceforth be bound together with them to the end of all generations. Matthew 25, 31 through 46. When the Son of Man shall come in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon his, the throne of his glory and before him shall be gathered all nations and he shall separate them the one from the other as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. Black or white, you're in or you're out. And he shall set the sheep, sheep on his right hand but the goats on the left. Then shall the king say unto them that on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from before the foundation of the world. For I was hungered, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. Naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came unto me. And keep in mind, this can be literal and figurative. This could literally be feeding somebody that's hungry some food. But also, we know there's a spiritual food. There's a lot of people that are hungry out there, hungry for the truth. Will you be helping? Will you be one of the ones to help give it to them? Will you be a good example for them to see? Then shall the righteous answer him. You know, and we also know, right, people are sick. People are in prison, literally in prison by Satan, in their mind, in their soul. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Yahuwah, when saw we they hungered and fed you, or thirsty and gave you drink? When saw we you a stranger and took you in, 
or naked and clothed you? Or when saw you sick or in prison and came unto you? <clears throat> and the king shall answer and say to them, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as ye have done it unto the least of these my brethren, ye have done it unto me. Then shall he say also unto them that are left, Depart from me, ye curse into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels, prepared for Azazel and all the rebellious with him. For I was hungered, and you gave me no meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you took me not in. Naked, and you clothed me not. Sick and in prison, and you visited me not. Right? Just like the man with the one talent that buried it, that didn't do anything with it, did not was not fruitful and multiplied. Yahweh's giving you wisdom in these last days. Now, everybody's called to be a teacher, but we're all called to be his witnesses and bearing truth of what he's done in our life, sharing your testimony with others. Are we doing that? Or are we just burying it under a rock? Then shall they also answer him, saying, Master, when saw you... I'm sorry. Uh, then shall he answer and say to them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as you did it not to one of the least of these, you did it not to me. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into, etern into life eternal. Mark 9, 43, 40, uh, 48. And if your hand offends you, cut it off. It is better for you to enter into life maimed than having two hands to go into hell, into the fire that shall never be quenched, where their worm dies not and the fire is not quenched. And if your foot offends you, cut it off. It is better for you to enter halt into life than having two feet to be cast into hell, into the fire that shall never be quenched, where their worm dies not and their fire is not quenched. And if your eye offends you, pluck it out. It is better for you to enter into the kingdom of Elohim with one eye than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire, where the worm dies not and the fire is not quenched. Brothers and sisters, sin is serious. Does Messiah really want you to cut off your limbs? Probably not. He wants you to stop sinning, and he's showing how important it is to stop these things. <clears throat> All right. Verse 15, and destroy all the spirits of the reprobate and the children of the watchers because they have wronged kind mankind, wronged, wrong kind, wronged mankind. Destroy all from off the face of the earth and let every work come to an end and let the plant of righteousness and a truth appear. And we're going to talk about this plant of righteousness. And it shall prove a blessing. The works of the righteousness and truth shall be planted in truth and joy forevermore. So who is this plant of righteousness? Well, in this book is the seed of Abraham. Who's the seed of Abraham? Galatians 3, 28 through 29, and Isaiah 41, 8. <clears throat> there is neither Jew nor Greek. This is Gentile. There's neither Jew nor Gentile, right? This is not a Jews and Gentiles thing. This isn't like, oh, the law is for the Jews, and we're just Gentiles, and we don't have to worry about it. No, there is no Jew or Gentile. There's neither bond nor free. There's neither male nor female, for you're all one in Messiah Yahushua. And if you be Messiahs, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So if you believe in Messiah, you're the seed of Abraham. You're this plant of righteousness. And if you're the seed of Abraham, who are you? Isaiah 41.8. But you, Israel, are my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, the seed of Abraham, my friend. The seed of Abraham is Israel. You are Israel through faith in Messiah Yahushua. Verse 17. Actually, we're going to read 17 through 21, and then we're going to talk about it, and this will be the last kind of segment. <clears throat> Talking more about the escape. The great escape. Who wants to be part of the great escape? Verse 
And then shall all the righteous escape, and shall live till they beget thousands of children, and all the days of their youth and their old age shall they complete in peace. So the people are going to escape, right? And live till they beget thousands of children. I'm in. I am so in. And then shall the whole earth be tilled in righteousness, and shall all be planted with trees and be full of blessing. Who wants to be a tree producing good fruit? Psalm 1, 1 through 3. And all desirable trees shall be planted on it, and they shall plant vines on it. And the vine which they plant thereon shall yield a wine in abundance. And as for all the seed which is sown thereon, each measure of it shall bear a thousand, and each measure of olives shall yield ten presses of oil. A lot of people ask, well, what do we do in New Jerusalem? What Adam and Eve did, they were hu- husbandry. Uh, they, uh, um, they were gardeners. They did husbandry. We'll each have our own place, our own trees, our own fruit trees, our own vine. Our own olive yards. We'll have work to do, but it'll be great. And cleanse you, the earth. And how many of you grew up like a city boy or girl, and all of a sudden, all you want to do is have like a homestead? If you don't, just give it some time. He's going to put it in your heart. That's literally all I want to do. And read the word, of course, and, and, and teach it and share it. And cleanse you the earth from all oppression and from all unrighteousness and from all sin and from all godlessness and from all the uncleanness that is wrought upon the earth, destroyed from off the earth. And all the children of men shall become righteous and all nations shall offer adoration and praise me and all shall worship me. This is what it's all about. We sometimes think it's about us like, you know, oh, the law doesn't save you. Why is it about us? Why isn't it about him? It is about him. This is our father. He created this whole world for us that we might praise the works of his hand and might give him praise and honor and glory and blessing and thanks and love. It's all about him. He gave us Messiah to be cleansed, to be to be refreshed, and he showed us the Torah is what he wants from us we are literally plants and we're either going to bear thorns and thistles which is good for nothing ready to be tossed in the fire or we bear fruit that he desires from us that's the whole parable of the vineyard they didn't bring forth the fruits in their due season and so he kicked them out and put other people in now we're that other people in there are we going to do what the first tenants did which is not bring forth the fruit of the torah or are we going to do it and the earth shall be cleansed from all defilement so we keep the torah because that's what he wants and I don't know about you, but I want to please him. I want to do what's right in his sight. I want to offer adoration and praise him. And that's how we do it. That's how he wants it. Because remember, it's these are hard words. Matthew 15, he says, Ye hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy of you, saying, This people draws nigh unto me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. But in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. So unless we're doing it his way, it's unauthorized, it's vain, he doesn't want it. He said, Worship me and gather together in assemblies on the Sabbath day, the seventh day of the week. But the Catholic Church says, No, we're going to change it and do it Sunday. And now almost two billion Christians do it on Sunday. He doesn't want it that way. You may say, well, he, it's just about the heart. Well, Jeremiah says the heart is wicked above all things, is deceitful and wicked. You can't trust your heart. You got to do it his way. 
It's the fourth commandment. Keep the Sabbath day holy. And the earth shall be cleansed from all defilement and from all sin and from all punishment and from all torment. And I will never again send them upon it from generation to generation forever. So a certain people are going to escape. Let's read Ezekiel 7, but in the Septuagint, this is the Greek scriptures. Ezekiel 7, 7. Now the end has come to you, and I will send judgment upon you, and I will take vengeance on thy ways, and will recompense all thine abominations upon you. Mine eye shall not spare, nor will I have mercy, for I will recompense thy way upon you, and thine abomination shall be in the midst of you, and you shall know that I am Yahuwah. For thus says Yahuwah, Behold, the end is come. Behold, the day of Yahuwah, although the rod has blossomed, pride has sprung up. Who's that rod? Isn't Messiah that rod? A rod shall come out of Jesse. So even though Messiah has come, pride has sprung up and will break the staff of the wicked one and that not with tumult nor with haste. The time has come. Behold the day. Let not the buyer rejoice and let not the seller mourn. For the buyer shall never again return to the seller. Neither shall a man cleave with the eye of hope to his life. Sound you the trumpet, the shofar, and pass sentence on all together. There shall be war with the sword without and famine and pestilence within. This is the great tribulation. He that is in the field shall die by the sword and famine and pestilence shall destroy them that are in the city. But they that escape of them shall be delivered and shall be upon the mountains. And I will say, and I will slay all the rest, everyone for his iniquities. All hands shall be completely weakened and all thighs shall be as defiled with moisture and they shall gird themselves with sackcloth and amazement shall cover them and shame shall be upon them, even upon every face and baldness upon every head. Their silver shall be cast forth in the streets and their gold shall be despised. Their souls shall not be satisfied and their bellies shall not be filled for it was the punishment of their iniquities. For as their choice ornaments, they employed them for pride, and they made of them images of their abominations. Therefore I have made them uncleanness to them. And I will deliver them into the hands of strangers to make them a prey, and to the pests of the earth for a spoil, and they shall profane them. And I will turn away my face from them, and they shall defile my charge, and shall go in to them unguardedly and profane them, and they shall work uncleanness, because the land is full of strange nations, and the city is full of iniquity. And I will turn back the boasting of their strength, and their holy things shall be defiled. And though propitiation shall come, and one shall seek peace, yet there shall be none. <clears throat> there shall be woe upon woe, and there shall be a message upon message, and a vision shall be sought from a prophet, but the Torah shall perish from the priest and counsel from the elders. The prince shall clothe himself with desolation. The hands of the people of the land shall be made feeble. And I will do to them according to their ways and according to their judgments. I will punishment, punish them and they shall know that I am Yahuwah. Remember, Luke 21, 36, Watch ye therefore and pray always that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Second Thessalonians 1, 3 through 2, 12. We are bound to thank Elohim always for you, brethren, as it is meet, because that your faith groweth exceedingly, and the charity of every one of you all toward each other aboundeth, so that we ourselves glory in you in the churches of the assemblies of Elohim for your patience and faith and all your persecutions and tribulations that you endure which is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of Elohim, that you may be counted worthy of the kingdom of Elohim, for which ye also suffer, seeing it is a righteous thing with Elohim to recompense tribulation to them that trouble you, and to you who are troubled rest with us, 
when when the master Yahusha shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in a flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not Elohim and that obey not the gospel of our master Yahusha HaMashiach, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of Yahuwah and from the glory of his power, when he shall come to be glorified in his saints and to be admired in all them that believe, because our testimony among you was believed in that day. Wherefore also we pray always for you that our Elohim would count you worthy of this calling and fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness and the work of faith with power, that the name of our master Yahushua HaMashiach may be glorified in you and you in him according to the grace of our Elohim and in our master Yahushua. Chapter 2. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our master Yahusha HaMashiach, and by our gathering together unto him, that you be not so, not soon shaken in mind, and be troubled neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter, as from us that the day of Messiah is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition who opposeth and exalted himself above all that is called Elohim, or that is worshipped, so that he as Elohim sits in the temple of Elohim, showing himself that he is Elohim. Remember ye not that when I was with you, I told you these things? And know you, and ye know that what withholdeth, that he might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity, of lawlessness. Look at this Greek word of anomia for yourself. It means lawlessness. For the mystery of lawlessness does already work. Only he who now lets will let until he be taken out of the way. And then shall that wicked be revealed whom our master shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with brightness of his coming. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish because they received not the love of the truth that they might be saved. Paul knew what the, the truth was. And for this cause, Elohim shall send them a strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believed not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. You may be saying, in case you're new, you may be saying to yourself, well, Messiah said that he was the truth. John 14, 16, I think it is. Is that right? No. Yeah, I'm sorry, John 14, 6. So John 14, 6. And then Psalm 119, we're going to walk through this. Psalm 19, 1. Psalm 119, 142. Deuteronomy 32, 46 through 47. And Proverbs 13, 14? Or is it 16? I can't remember. Okay, so Messiah said unto them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes into the Father but by me. What did Messiah, in case you're new, if, you're old, if you've done this for a while, then you know. But in case you're new, let's let's go over this. So Paul says, for a love of the, of the truth. Well, Messiah is the truth. Messiah is also the word. This is a this is an idiom. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Guess what? The Torah is. Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the Torah of Yahuwah. So the way is the Torah. Psalm 19, 142 your Torah is the truth. The truth is the Torah. Deuteronomy 32, 46 through 47, we'll also see it's the life. And he said unto them, Set your hearts unto all the words which I testify among you this day, which ye shall command your children to observe to do all the words of this Torah, this law. For this Torah is not a vain thing for you because it is your life. The Torah is the life. Proverbs thirteen fourteen: The Torah of the wise is a fountain of life. That's what Messiah was saying. That he is the Torah. 
He is the word. Over earlier here, it said, right, this, uh, uh, the plant, the, the plant of righteousness, desirable trees shall be planted on it, vines. What's going on here? Luke 21, 29 through 36. And he spake to them a parable. Behold, the fig tree and all the trees and all the trees. When they so, well, I'm sorry, when they now shoot forth, you see and know of your own selves that summer is nigh and at hand. So likewise, when you see all these things that come to pass, know that the kingdom of Elohim is at hand. I'm here to tell you that what he's speaking about is in the last days when trees would start putting forth their leaves and bringing forth fruit, which we know is from Psalm 1, which we'll read again just shortly, that the kingdom of, not, of Elohim is nigh at hand. So when you see this generation of people waking up and coming back to the truth, uh, being exposed, the lies of men being exposed, that the law is done away with, coming back to it with their faith, faith and obedience, that the kingdom of Elohim is nigh at hand. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass away till all be fulfilled. Right, This 40-year period. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. To keep to yourselves, let us at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting. This could be likened to gluttony and drunkenness and cares of this life, and so that they come upon you unawares. For as a snare shall it come upon all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch ye therefore and pray always that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Now, we know nature all around us is a parable. Even plants, we were talking about earlier. Like how the how the like the tomato plant grows and it can't bear fruit until it grows, grows, grows and gets the thicker branches and then it can bear the weight of that fruit. What does a plant need? It needs the sun. The sun. It needs the water. It needs good fertile ground. Well, we're the good fertile ground. The word is the seed. Well, it's the rain. Deuteronomy 32, 1 through 2, Give ear, O heavens, and I will speak, and hear, O earth, the words of my mouth. My doctrine shall drop as the rain. My speech shall distill as the dew, as the small rain upon the tender herb, and as the showers upon the grass. It's his doctrine coming down from heaven in these last days once again. Some people are listening. Some people are not. Those that are listening are growing. They're growing into fruitful trees. Remember, Psalm 1 with a 3, but his delight is in the Torah of Yahuwah, and his Torah doesn't meditate day and night. The person that delights in the Torah and meditates in it day and night, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he does shall prosper. You want to escape the, this, this crazy time that's coming that's partly already here now. It's hard to... It's time to start coming back to his truth, brothers and sisters. Isaiah 61, 3, To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning. In Ezekiel 9, it says those that mourn and weep over the abominations done all around them are sealed, marked in their forehead. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness that they might be called trees of a righteousness, the planting of Yahuwah that he might be glorified. All desirable trees shall be planted on it. It's a parable. Deuteronomy 2020, only the trees which you know that they be trees for meat, that they not, I'm sorry, only the trees which you know that they be not trees for meat, so fruitful trees, you shall destroy and cut them down, and you shall build bulwarks against the city that makes war with you until it be subdued. That's the Torah. So only unfruitful trees were to be cut down and used. Used for the fire, used for weapons, 
Matthew 3, 8 through 10. This is John the Baptist. Bring therefore, uh, therefore fruits, meat for repentance, and think not to say within yourselves, we have Abraham to our father. For I say unto you that Elohim is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. And now also the axe is laid on the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree which brings not forth good fruit is cut down and cast into the fire. This is another passage actually that relates to this that I want to read. It's 2 Ezra 16. Uh, 74 through 78. Here, in case you're new, this two Ezra's was included in the 1611 KJV under the Apocrypha section. Here, my elect says, Yahuwah, behold, the days of tribulation are at hand, and I will deliver you from them. There's a caveat, though. Do not fear or doubt, for Elohim is your guide. Who is he talking to? You who keep my commandments and precepts, says Yahuwah. Do not let your sins pull you down or your iniquities prevail over you. What is sin? What is sin according to the Bible? Not what you think. Whosoever commits sin transgresses also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. Do not let your sins pull you down or your iniquities prevail over you. Your lawlessness prevail over you. Woe to those who are choked by their sins and overwhelmed by their iniquities as a field is choked with underbrush in its path, overwhelmed with thorns so that no one can pass through. It is shut off and be given up to consume by fire. Hard words, brothers and sisters. And if you're struggling, it's time to take hold on it and take hold of it now. Pray to your heavenly father. I'm sure you're already doing it. Fast if you need to. Ask him to break whatever it is that is troubling you, whatever it is that you keep doing Fast and pray, fast and pray, fast and pray, fast and pray. He will break it off you. You gotta want it though. You gotta have a healthy fear of Yahuwah. Do you wanna escape this judgment that's coming? Because it is coming again, brothers and sisters. And you have the opportunity to get into the ark. Another one. 24 through 28, I think. <clears throat> Woe to those who sin and do not observe my commandments, says Yahuwah. I will not spare them. Depart away from me, you faithless children. Do not pollute my sanctuary. For Yahuwah knows all who transgress against him. Therefore, he will hand them over to death and the slaughter. For now calamities have come upon the whole earth. Tribulations come upon the whole earth. And you shall remain in them. For Elohim will not deliver you because you have sinned against him. We've all sinned and fallen short. But we've been redeemed by the blood of Messiah. It's time to walk in a cleanliness, Israel. It's time to do this for real and be serious about this walk. To Ezra 9, 1 through 22. Let's zoom in a little bit for you. Yeah? He answered me then and said, Measure you the time diligently in itself. And when you see the part of the signs pass, which I have told you before, then shall you understand that it is the very same time wherein El Elyon will begin to visit the world which he had made. Therefore, when there shall be seen earthquakes and uproars of people in the world... Then you shall well understand that El Elyon spoke of these things from days that were before you, even from the beginning. For like as all that is made on the world has a beginning and an end, the end is manifest. Even so the times also of El Elyon have plain beginnings and wonder and powerful works and endings and effects and signs. And everyone that shall be saved and shall be able to escape by his works and belief. You want to escape? Let me read that again. And everyone that shall be saved and 
shall be able to escape by his works and belief whereby you have believed, shall be preserved from the said perils, and shall see my Yeshua, my salvation in my land and within my borders, for I have sanctified them for me from the beginning. Then shall they be in pitiful case, which have now have abused my ways, and they have cast them away despitefully, and shall dwell in torments, for such as in their life have received benefits and have not known me. And they that have loathed my Torah, while they had yet liberty, and so many people have that freedom right now to choose it. And they that have loathed my Torah, while they had yet liberty. And when, why do you think the dispensationalists got rid of this book? And when they as yet, yet place of repentance was open to them, understood not, but despised it, despised his Torah. They say you must know it after death by pain, and therefore be not curious how the wicked shall be punished, and when, but inquire how the righteous shall be saved, those who the world is for, and for whom the world is created. Then I answered I and said, I have said before, and now do speak, and will speak it also hereafter, that there be many more than that perish, than them which shall be saved. Right? Messiah said, few will find it, few will make it. Many will say to me that day, Master, Master, open to us. We Didn't we do many for wonderful works in your name, and cast out devils, and you say, away from me, I never knew you. De depart from me, you lawless people. Like as a wave is greater than a drop, and he answered and said to me, saying, Like as the field is, so also is the seed. As the flowers be, such as the colors also. Such as the workman is, such also is the work. And as the husband is himself, so is his husbandry also. For it was in time in the world, and now when I prepared the world which was not yet made, even for them to dwell in that live now, no man spoke against me. For then everyone obeyed, but now the manners of them which are created in this world that is made are corrupted by a perpetual seed, and by a Torah which is unsearchable rid themselves. So I considered the world, and behold, there was peril, and because of the devices that were come into it, and I saw, and I spared it greatly, and this is the devices of those that came into it. This is talking about those angels. Right, so I considered the world, and behold, there was peril because of the devices that were come into it. And I saw and spared it greatly, and have kept me a grape of cluster and a plant of great people. Let the multitude perish then, which was born in vain, and let my grape be kept and my plant, for with great labor have I made it perfect. There, uh, no, we'll just stop there. So, are you that plant? Are you that plant of righteousness? James 2, 14-26, What does a prophet, my brethren, though a man say he has faith and have not works? Works of what? Works of the Torah, of course. Can faith save him? He's asking the question. This is a, we're talking about escaping here. We're talking about this escaping this great wrath. James is asking the question. He's going to answer it for you. Can faith, sa sa can faith save him without works? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace and be warmed and filled, Notwithstanding, you give them not the things which are needful to the body. What is a profit? Even so, so just like this, if it hath not works, is dead. He asked earlier, can faith without works save you? It's dead, being alone. Yea, a man may say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one Elohim, you do well. The devils also believe and tremble. But what you know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac upon the altar? He could have said, I believe you, Elohim, but I ain't doing that. I believe you, Elohim, and I will do that. Seeing that you have faith wrought with his works, and by works was faith made perfect, and the scripture was fulfilled, which saith, Abraham believed Elohim, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness. So James is defining what it means that Abraham believed Elohim, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness. 
and he was called the friend of Elohim. You see then how that by works a man is justified. Let me read that again. You see then how that by works a man is justified and not by faith only. Not by faith only. Likewise also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works when she had received the messengers and had sent them out another way? For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. A faith that is lawless, right? The people preach lawlessness. You may say it's not lawlessness because they'll tell you not to not to smoke cigarettes and drink alcohol and uh, you know and 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 keep going to church and you'll be good. Keeping your tithes. We can do it by how I'm not promoting drinking alcohol and cigarettes. I'm just saying that they typically make that a bigger deal than <clears throat> keeping the works of the commandments, right? The Torah, especially that Sabbath day. That's that pesky little fellow that doesn't go away. Okay, remember, Hosea 27, 2-6, In that day, singing unto her a vineyard of red wine. We're talking about profitable plants, fruit trees, vines yielding their fruit. I, Yahweh, do keep it. I will water it every moment, lest any hurt it. I will keep it night and day. Earlier we saw that his doctrine comes down from like heaven, from like rain. So those that are remaining in a humble heart, teachable, Yahweh saying it. Yahuwah, I do keep it. I will water it every moment, lest any hurt it. I will keep it day and night. That's how he feels about us. Fury is not in me. Who would set the briars and the thorns, like the unfruitful people against me in battle? I would go through them. I would burn them together. That's who goes in the fire, the unfruitful plants. Or let him take hold of my strength that he may make peace with me, and he shall make peace with me. He shall cause them that come of Jacob to take root, like a good plant does. A good plant has a good, solid root. The root is our faith, our belief. What sprouts up is our obedience. Israel shall blossom and bud and fill the whole face of the world with fruit. Isaiah 27, 11. When the boughs thereof are withered, they shall be broken off. The women come and set them on fire. For it is a people of no understanding. So the people that have no understanding are broken off and thrown into the fire. Therefore, he that made them will, sh will not have mercy on them. And he that formed them will show them no favor. So what is the, so the people that are set on fire that have no understanding, what does the no understanding mean? Ah, here it is. Hosea 4, 6. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Right? And people will just stop there. Because you have rejected knowledge, I will also reject you that you shall be no priest to me, seeing that you have forgotten the Torah of your Elohim. That's this knowledge. That's the lack of knowledge. Proverbs 4, 1 through 4. Hear ye children the instruction of a father. Attend to no understanding, for I give you good doctrine. Forsake not my Torah. For I was my father's son, tender and only beloved in the sight of my mother. He taught me also and said unto me, Let thine heart retain my words, keep my commandments. And live. In these last days, where are we on time? Let me see. Let me see. Ah, okay. It's about time to wrap it up. Homework for you: read Deuteronomy thirty-one through sixteen. It's amazing. In the last days, he's going to wake up a people that are going to come back to his Torah, and when they do, them and their children with all their heart, that then he's going to regather them. That's why Messiah said, "When you see the fruit tree starting to put forth their leaves, you know that the kingdom of Elohim is nigh at hand." Praise, yeah. So we're just going to read, um, we're going to read chapter 11. It's very short, and we're going to finish up for today. 
And uh, this ties into everything we've read so far. Chapter 11, Enoch. And in those days, I'll open the store chambers of blessing, which are in the heaven, so as to send them down upon the earth, like rain over the work and labor of the children of men. And truth and peace shall be associated together throughout all the days of the world, throughout all the generations of men. Brothers and sisters, the Most High, Yahuwah, is sending down his rain once again upon the earth. Are you going to hearken and listen? Are you going to listen to the sound of the shofar? Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. And come back to his commandments. Come back to his Torah with all of your heart, soul, and mind. Are you going to be ready? Are we going to be ready? I'm talking to myself too. I'm not on this high horse here because I want to be ready too. Are we going to be ready together for the return of Messiah, Yahushua? Are we going to be uh, the wise virgins or the foolish ones? Are we going to be the sheep or the goats? Are we going to be the people with uh, the the five talents or the two talents or the guy with one? Are we going to be the wedding guest with a garment on or a garment off? In or out? There is no middle ground. There is no lukewarm. Lukewarm, out of his mouth. Let's pray. Father Yahuwah, we just come before you and bless you in Yahushua's name. And thank you for allowing us to gather together in these last days to study your word, Father we ask you to give us a hunger for your word that hasn't been seen in centuries, maybe even since the days of the apostles, Father. Give us a hunger and a thirst for it, Father. Let your rain come down, shower upon us, Father, that we may grow. Help us to bear the fruit that you want. We pray, Father, that we would be worthy to escape all these things that are coming to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Father, bless us, I pray in Yahushua's name, and I pray that this study may have opened some eyes and ears to your truth, Father, through the amazing book of Hanok. We love you and we look forward to spending eternity with you and we pray, Father, that we may be able to do that. Help us. Help us. As the prophet David said, those that want to do good will be helped and those that want to do wicked will, evil will find a way. Help us. We want to do good, Father. Clean us. Rid us of unclean thoughts. Rid us of unclean actions, Father, that we may be trees of righteousness, that we may bring forth the fruit that you want. We love you. We bless you. We thank you. We honor you. And we say Shabbat Shalom. Amen and Amen. Brothers and sisters, what we're going to do now, if you want to stick around, we're going to do a couple songs. Uh, I pray that there is some enjoyment to you. And those of you that stick around, the Torah portion will be about 15 minutes after this study ends. Blessings to you in Yahushua's name. Those of you that uh, are, have been watching for a while, you've noticed that I've been doing these as the premieres. Uh, I got to tell you, the local fellowship is amazing. And uh, I'm seeking to hang out with my brothers and sisters at any opportunity. And we get together um, uh, Shabbat nights when Shabbat starts. So that's why I'm pre-recording these now. Um, I'm getting together with them pretty much most of the day during Shabbat for our, our our lunch, our Shabbat studies, and our songs and worship. And then there's typically a gathering place uh, as Shabbat ends. Um, and I got to tell you, just the lo local fellowship is the joy of my heart. And if you don't have local fellowship, find some. If you're not in an area where there's some, move. Because I'm telling you what, um, there's just something special about spending Shabbat with our brothers and sisters. It's an appointed time. It's part of the commandment. It's supposed to be a holy convocation. It's supposed to be a gathering. And I'm not judging you if you don't have that. I know in, in a lot of ways these online gatherings are that fellowship for you. And that's and I believe it's I believe Abba will honor that. I can't speak for him, but I, I can only imagine he would. 
but I'm explaining to you why I haven't been live because I love my local family. I love my online family too. And I'll try to find some time during the weekday to get together with y'all to do like a, like a live stream with you just to hang out a session or something. But I'll try to do better on that. Anyways, I love you all and Shabbat Shalom and enjoy the rest. And uh, we'll see you next week for part four, probably be doing chapters 12 through 15 or 16. So we'll see how that works out. Any case, uh, what song are we going to do today? Let's do oh, the seed of Abraham. We talked about the seed of Abraham tonight. Let's do the seed of Abraham. Father Abraham
Finally returning